Hello and welcome to HX Superheroes podcast, where we explore the full story of human-centered leadership when it comes to making strategic and operational decisions, no matter what your business is. In today's episode, we talk to Dilip Batia, Lenovo's Chief Customer Experience Officer and Vice President of User and Customer Experience. Lenovo is a $70 billion revenue company ranked 171 on the Fortune Global 500 with more than 82,000 employees and serving millions of customers in over 180 markets. Lenovo's vision as a company is to deliver smarter technology for all through products, solutions, software, and services that all customers need to fulfill their potential. It is truly a customer-centric organization with a remarkable history of valuing the environment and its employees too. Lenovo has been putting humans at the heart of what they do right from the beginning. Delete, welcome to the Superheroes podcast today. Thanks for joining us. I think the thing that everyone wants to know is who is Delete Batya? Where are you from? How did you get here? Sure, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, just a little bit about my background. Um, I was born in India um, and grew up in Dubai, uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, it wasn't as glitzy uh, back then. Uh, I left Dubai in the 80s, but uh, I grew up in a family of uh, two brothers, two younger brothers, mom and dad. But really, uh, we had uh, lots of uncles and aunts around all the time. And every time we got together, it was like 30 to 40 people yep. coming together. So just growing up, family was a huge part of my life. Um, my father actually worked at the, uh, the Dubai International Airport, ran passenger operations. Uh, you know, had a, his first customer experience role, so to speak, right, uh, for a number of years. And then he also uh, ran a family business. So he would work his butt off, leave at seven in the morning, you know, come back at two in the afternoon, take a short nap, and then he'd be at the sh trading shop till like 9.30, 10 o'clock every night. And I remember one particular incident uh, where uh, I, I used to go to the shop and uh, he would tell, and, you know, even though the closing time was at nine o'clock, Customers would stay till 9.30, 10, 10.30, and he would never rush them off. And he would tell me, Dilip, customers are God, right? And he, yeah. and he taught me the importance. He's like, they pay our bills. They pay the revenue. Treat them with the utmost respect, right? That's where I got my first inklings of focusing on the customer and how important uh, that was. And, you know, and, you know, he'd walk, you know, from home to, uh, uh, from off from the office or the shop to the home, and what is normally a 10-minute walk, and he'd be surrounded by people along the journey. Well, it's a 10-minute walk would take an hour, yeah. right? Because people would meet him, greet him. He had that much respect in the community. So really grew up in a very loving family, uh, surrounded by lots of family members. And they really taught me the value of hard work, right, and focusing on the customer. You, you talked a little bit about sort of your, your background and, and how you grew up. How about in terms of step us through your career and your career trajectory and what led you to the role that you have as the chief customer experience officer at Lenovo, which, by the way, is a pretty significant role when you think about the size of that company and the global footprint that it has. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I'll take you a little back to the early 80s uh, when IBM had just come out with the first PC, and I was fascinated by it. Um, and I, back then, uh, you know, I dreamt of working for IBM one day. Right. Who knew one day I'd end up in North Carolina and Raleigh where IBM had a significant operation and in 1999 joined IBM yeah. as, as a product manager. So straight out of school, I had an engineering background, 
got my MBA from UNC, um, and uh, joined IBM as a product manager. So I've been in product management most of my life. Uh, ran the desktop product marketing role, uh, ran the ThinkPad division for a couple of years, ran marketing roles. And in my marketing role, you know, we, I realized the importance that we didn't have a customer experience team that was really looking at it from an end-to-end perspective. Because when I was talking to a lot of customers, the feedback often I would get would be all things but outside the product. They loved our product, right? And that's when I put the uh, team together. And when I was pretty vocal with my boss and our CEO, they're like, well, uh, you know, they say, be careful what you complain about. They're like, you can go fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I got into yeah. customer experience. Wow, that's incredible. What, um, like, who, how would you describe Lenovo? What's the culture like? What's the company like? I mean, you spent quite a bit of time with that organization. I'd love to hear a bit more about that. It's a, it's a fascinating company. I love the company. Um, the leadership is fantastic. And then there are four fundamental values, right? And the number one value at Lenovo is serving our customers. You know, that is so important. Number two is teamwork and trust, right? So when you had, when Lenovo acquired the IBM PC division, it was like the headlines were the snake devouring the elephant, right? Is this even going to work, right? Yeah. But, yeah. and, and it was tough. It wasn't easy. The it, was couple, it was a big deal. It was a big deal, right? Big deal. And a lot of people were nervous. A lot of people didn't think this would go through. But, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, credit to our leadership team, our CEO, Yancheng YY, as we call him. You know, he really put together, it was really, it wasn't about product. It wasn't about strategy. It was about culture. Culture. You had to set the right culture. And the leadership team did a fantastic job setting the right culture, setting the right values, and serving our customers, and working in teamwork, and trusting each other. Committing, uh, it's a commitment culture, right? So if you say something, you got to commit to it, right? And number three was really the spirit of innovation, the spirit of entrepreneurship. And Lenovo really gives you a lot of that freedom to be able to go do different things and take risks, take bold risks. And it's okay if you fail, yeah. right? So it's a very unique culture. So how did you, I mean, and that's really fascinating. How did you, when you first sort of started to think about, okay, what does customer experience look like? You kind of inherited this. You talked a little bit about, you know, be careful what you wish for. Where did you start given the size and, and the complexity of that organization and the number of different products? Where did you even start? Yeah. It, it, for me, I've always felt, right, it starts with listening, mm. right? And are we truly listening to our customers across the entire journey? So if you look at, you know, customers go through their customer journey from the purchase cycle to using the product, the, you know, and, and the service experience and the delivery experience and everything that goes with it. And are we set up right in terms of listening across the post? And then are we asking the right questions in our survey, right? And, you know, we partnered with Forrester, some of the best leaders in the industry, you know, and the three E's questions, you know, the NPS question, the overall satisfaction question, the E's question, right? So we were uh, asking all those questions. And over time, we have almost got over 100 surveys, right, where we're getting feedback from our customers really across the entire journey uh, across the board. Wow. Wow. And so when you think about customer experience, you talked about culture. Is That's kind of the birthplace of customer centricity. What's unique about the culture that you instill in your own team? Because one of the, one of the things that I've come to, to, to learn about, about how you operate and your business is that you have a great deal of influencing that you have to do given the global size of that business. So how do you manage your teams? Leadership is so important in this role. What sets your leadership style apart from, I guess, others, would you say? Yeah, it, it, it ultimately there's... A, a, there's, you know, at Lenovo, there's a huge focus on respect for people, mm-hmm. 
right? It, and it's a very collaborative uh, culture, right? It's, it's uh, even though there are different teams uh, across Lenovo, how do we all work together? And, and for customer experience to work, it really starts at the top, right? You have to have a commitment uh, from your leadership and, and the, what we call a leadership executive council, and every member has to be committed to it, right? It starts there. Number two, you have to have a cross-functional team across all the different functions. So you're, I'm talking about global supply chain, the services organizations, the product teams. How do we all... Uh, each of them have a customer experience member, yeah. and all of them have to have that one goal of what is it you know that we're focused on. And if you think about it, what is it that's the most important thing? It is loyalty is what what matters, right? And and the way to drive loyalty is to by start by listening, by you know learning, um, right? And and acting on the feedback, right? So so for you know the five things that really matter: number one, commitment at leadership level. Number two, it's basically having this cross-functional organization. Number three, you have to have the right tools uh, and technology. You have to be able to centralize. So I'll give you a great example. When I first took this role, we had six or seven different survey platforms across, wow. right? So data was all over, all the, over place, the place, right? And there was no way to analyze the data, right? So it was sitting, people were sitting on the data, and there was no way to analyze it. So you weren't really getting this one Lenovo view. So it started off by centralizing and having one enterprise feedback management platform, one analytics platform, yeah. right? Having one data lake within Lenovo where all the 11 million surveys that we've collected over the last three or four years, they reside in one place. Right. So now you can go have some fun with that data, right, in terms of analytics to be able to do a lot of cool things. But then also, uh, you know, HR has to be involved across the board. One cool thing at Lenovo that's very different that most companies don't have 10% of an employee's bonus is paid on, on hitting customer experience KPIs, yeah. right? And, and the last part is you have to tie customer experience to the operational metrics. Is customer experience really driving revenue? Yep. You know, are they able to cut costs? Are they driving a better overall satisfaction for employees? So you have to tie CX to operational metrics, and that is so such a key uh, aspect of it. I mean... <laughs> You touched on something. You started, you say you've got about 100 surveys now. Where did you start? What was the start of the journey? Like, how do you, you know, they say, the, how do you break down that kind of complexity? And where did you have to begin apart from, you know, just gaining buy-in? Because clearly, to try and, and drive the level of change that Lenovo's gone through in terms of their customer experience program, you clearly needed a mandate in order to do that and support from the leadership to, to help you drive that mandate. What, where did you start on that journey? Yeah, so it really starts by looking at uh, all the touch points that customers have with Lenovo, right? So it's yeah. just basically, so I'll give you an example. Services is a great example. So previously what we were doing, we were primarily focused on once we finished a conversation with a customer, and we would send, you know, after the conversation was done and the case was closed, we would send them a survey. That was initially, that was the only way of getting feedback, right? But over time, you realize customers don't just engage you on the phone. The phone component of support is probably about 1% of all our engagements. 99% is through digital experience, through yep. chatbots, through e-support, through driver downloads, right? So how do we make sure that just as in services, we're working across all the touch points that our customers are engaging, and do we truly feel like we have a pulse on what the experience is like? So when a field service agent goes, or where there's a depot repair, customers are dropping off, what is that experience like? Mm -hmm. You know, so we wanted to make sure we had uh, 
complete uh, visibility to all the touch points, and then do we have the right surveys in place to be able to measure their feedback? But service is just one component. What do you do about chat transcripts on yep. the phone, right? And and all that data that's being collected, how do we go analyze that outside of surveys, right? So you have to be able to use text analytics uh, there too. But in terms of the culture, it starts at a leadership level. So when you are sitting with your CEO um, and the leaders across the entire company, there is complete buy-in. So whether it's sales teams or services organizations yep. or product teams, they all know how important this is. And when your number one value in the company is uh, serving our customers, and, you know, and, and credit to, uh, you know, our CEO, YY, who's, who's basically said, Philippe, you will help us transform our culture from being product-centric to a customer-centric. And that's a mandate that he's driven personally. Yeah. When he's sitting in reviews with customers, and credit to our leadership team, first thing he asks is, how many customers have you talked to? Yeah. Right? So, so it, it, takes, uh, it takes, you know, a village. It takes everyone to... Uh, yeah. get focused on it. And, and the fact that you've gone so far as to tie remuneration and yes. onus back to that customer experience program is, is remarkable. It's, 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 you're leading the pack from that. Yeah, and, and then you have to also understand, you have to be able to do a regression analysis on loyalty. What are the top drivers for our large accounts? So, you know, they'll come back and say, hey, my relationship with my sales manager is the number one thing. The product that Lenovo makes, hey, that's number two. Yep. Right, the service experience. So we know what the drivers of loyalty are. So you identify those drivers, and are we hitting key targets? So if you finish the year at a particular overall satisfaction, are you, you know, uh, are you exceeding those targets yep. year on year? And there's a maniacal focus every month, every quarter, where business units across Lenovo are looking at these customer experience KPIs, and are we making improvements there or not? And is that the best way to sell the program internally? Is to demonstrate and show ROI or impact? in terms of the data that you're collecting? What's, what, what kind of tooling, what, what are some of the approaches that you take to try and drive that influence culture across the business? It's really sharing customer stories. Yeah. Just last week, I was on a call uh, with, uh, with one of the geography teams, and you know, we really talk about the importance of closing the loop. So when we're sending out surveys, and if a customer gives us a low rating, we immediately alert, using the four-step platform to alert our um, our, uh, our sales teams, hey, a customer's given us low rating. They were not satisfied with a particular aspect of the journey. And immediately the sales rep is given all the information. They have to close the loop within 48 hours. Now, I just saw an interesting incident where uh, one particular hospital in Japan gave us a low score. And because the salesperson was able to go close the loop, right, we got an additional 150,000 uh, unit order because he was able to close the loop. It's something as simple as that story, yeah. right? And how powerful that is, right? And you're sharing that with every sales rep in this particular geography, right? And, and you drive action. So you have commitment from the GM and saying, hey, we got to go close the loop. So you have to be able to share those stories with, with employees, with sales teams on the benefit of closing the loop. It's, it's one thing, one certainly, you know, in, in, in our experience here and, and working with customers like you, one of the things that we see is that it's easy to collect the data, but the next step, actually acting on it and driving outcomes as a result of the insights that you're able to gather from that data, that's really where the opportunity is. And, and it sounds like your team has done an exceptional job at doing that, which kind of lends itself to you know leadership, right? You talk a lot about the culture and the values of Lenovo. How would you describe and characterize your leadership style? Um, my biggest influence has probably been my father, okay. right? Kind of that uh, servant leadership. 
uh, in the sense like uh, I like to hire the best uh, managers on my team and kind of really unleash them, mm. right? So uh, so and not be um, you know micromanage. That's not my style. Authoritarian is not my style. Collaborative. How do we collaborate? Let's agree on what the objectives are, and then you unleash them. So that, yeah. that's I would say in a nutshell is my leadership. You're kind of living those values, right? Yes, day absolutely. In, day out. That's fascinating. What um, what would you say is your proudest moment in terms of your career? A project you've worked on, a client that you've worked with, a product that you've released. Any thoughts on that? Well, there are so many. Yeah. Um, so many fun moments. I've had the pleasure of working at Lenovo. I mean, one of the things I'll do is I'll, I'll talk about, you know, maybe I'll talk about two moments. One was uh, when... Lenovo had just uh, purchased the IBM PC division. Uh, at that time, our desktop division, which I was part of, was bleeding a lot of money, close to $200 million a year. Wow. Right? And when we combined the uh, desktop divisions at that time in PRC, we were doing about 4 million desktops. And in the um, uh, rest of the world, we are doing about 5 million. So how do we combine the efficiencies of scale? And that wasn't an easy thing to go to combine the two business units, and you know how hard that is. Oh yeah. But and that took a little time getting the culture right, getting the people uh, right, getting the processes right, uh, globalizing the team uh, in Beijing. I had the uh, fortune of uh, you know being on assignment in Beijing with my family for four years, right? And that was such a fantastic experience, right? I would do it in a heartbeat all over again. But the end result to make a long story short, was by the time I left four years later, that division was making $300 million more in profit. Wow. It was a $500 million turnaround. And that happened because of culture again, right? Yeah. We had the right culture, uh, the right values in place to be able to turn this business around. So that was number one. Number two, one of my proudest moments was uh, when I was running the ThinkPad division, launching our flagship uh, X1 Carbon product, right? So that was our, uh, and that today is our number one selling premium product uh, in the marketplace. But what I liked about the fact was I think I probably talked to a couple hundred customers yeah. or some of our global customers in terms of what were they looking for in a flagship product, the amount of time we spent with customers, what's the right fit. We would sit, uh, I, I kid you not, Kyle, and give people, uh, give our customers a large piece of paper and say, design the design perfect it. laptop for your for a thousand bucks. What would you want? And what was the, what was the number one thing that everyone wanted? I mean, for, so for ThinkPad, if you know about ThinkPad, if one word comes about ThinkPad, it's reliability. Today, yeah. I can you know, put my ThinkPad on the floor and stand on it and it work as well. And I've done this demo many times, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's, they love to I mean, who, who hasn't actually worked on a ThinkPad <laughs> that's worked in, in the corporate culture, right? It's the number one yeah. business laptop in the marketplace, yeah. right? So when you talk to customers, it's the reliability and the magical keyboard. So like, don't mess with that, but yeah. give me something light and sleek at the same time, right? It doesn't have to weigh a lot, so it's under three pounds, right? Yep. So, and that was the magic, right? And and it wasn't just going on telling our development teams, hey, this is it. We shared those videos, those stories with our development teams. How do we bring everybody on this journey together, yeah. right? And you know, I was and today that's uh, the product's doing really, uh, really, uh, really well in the marketplace. And I have many similar stories where we've launched all-in-ones or small form factors or ultra small form factor desktops and all of them had one common theme yep. the voice of the customer was very strong in each and every program uh, that uh, drove success how do you how do you foster that level of innovation always keeping an eye on the customer experience while at the same time operational operationalizing that process 
but driving down costs and being as efficient as possible. You talked about bringing two cultures together. I know all too well the challenges of that. And I think of the scale and the difference of those two cultures and the success that you had because you focus on put people first. But you know, innovation is core to the force of business. It's core to Lenovo. What are some of the things that, that you're always thinking about keeping at the heart of, of your, your process or your thinking when it comes to innovation? And, and Kyle, I'll tell you, when I ran the product divisions, it was so important for me to know what our customers are saying about us. Right? So every time we would launch a ThinkPad family, I would go scour the websites, right? Go to whether it's a, you know, CNET or Gizmodo or TechCrunch, any of those popular yep. computer websites, and go to the forums, sort of, and that's a painful process. It takes a long time to go do that. So I realized the importance of analytics at that point. So one of the things we did was we uh, created a homegrown tool where we're scraping close to like 60 million comments off the internet wow. and using our uh, tools, being able to uh, do sentiment analysis on products, right? And knowing uh, what do people love about the product? What do people not like about the product? And so how do we do that? Now, when you do that, okay, that's good on the product, but what do you do about the web? What do you do about the, uh, you know, the delivery experience, the service experience, the sales experience, the account? So it was important for me that uh, for a company of 82,000 employees, you have to be able to democratize the voice of customer to every employee. Yep. So we created a website, an internal website, what we call Customer Insights Dashboard, yeah. where if you're an employee in Brazil or Singapore and you are a global supply chain employee and you just want to know about the delivery experience, you can go and say, hey, I'm in Brazil and I want to know what customer feedback is about delivery, and you can read every comment yeah. about it. Yeah. Right, And I thought that was pretty powerful and because that's the number one thing employees would tell me. It's like, Leap, I want to work on customers, but I don't know what customers are saying. And now we've democratized. So every employee at Lenovo has access to the voice of the customer. Not only that, when we pick our customer experience KPIs, employees can go in and see, right, how they're doing, progressing uh, in their measures. And number three, every employee at Lenovo has to pick one KPI on what they're going to do to improve the customer experience. Could be anything. Right. And that's part of their development, part of the planning. Development. Yes. And they have to it's have that conversation with yeah. the manager. That's right? amazing. Well, what do we want to go do? And I'm finding out that 80% of employees have at least one customer experience KPI that they put that they want to go work on. And 20% of them have two or more. Right. So, so to me, you know, in terms of driving innovation, it starts with listening. It starts with understanding the pain points, but also there's a lot of research. I, Half my role is customer experience, and the other half of my role is user experience teams. So we do a lot of research. We're talking to thousands of customers every day, right, and learning about what they love uh, about the product or it, looking at far-out trends in terms of whether it's hybrid work or future devices. What is it that uh, is important to them? And all that research feeds into our product development organizations. I mean, th that is really cutting edge in terms of how you've democratized data because, you know, we talk a lot here in, in the force organization about our strategy and, and the key for me, and it sounds like you've really, this is a masterclass in terms of how do you tie the employee to what the company's values and vision are, right? And, and by effectively empowering them to be able to, to look at that data, to understand how that's impacting their role, that they can then take ownership. I think it's fascinating that you've been able to do that. That was a a huge, uh, huge project that I know that you led. It's, it's fascinating. 
Which kind of leads me to my next question. You know, there's a lot of turbulency right now in the global markets. You know, there's talk of recession. You've got macroeconomic politics taking place. You've got things happening in Central Europe. Everything's impacting how companies are behaving, how they're reacting to those pressures that they find. I would have thought that customer experience is more important now than it ever was, but yet companies, as they look to cut costs, drive more efficiencies, are looking at ways in which to do that. What would you say to a company out there that's looking at the customer experience program and thinking about, hey, do we need to divest here? Do we need to potentially reinvest those, you know, th- th- those funds somewhere else? What would be your thoughts and, and your comments on that? Yeah, I mean, recently, Kyle, there was a Forrester report that came out and talked about majority of the customer experience programs are going to go away. But the programs that are going to survive are the ones that show value through data, right? And what we've been able to do uh, at Lenovo, I mean, I, I mean, I would tell you, in, in this recessionary type of environment, customer experience is more important than ever being able to. And there's so many articles out there that talk about customer experience is more important than the product or the pricing, even, right? So at Lenovo, one of the things that I've done is, you know, one of the things I talked about was how do you tie customer experience to company operational metrics? So one program that we have developed, what we call customer engagement analytics, Mm -hmm. the ability to where we have a lot of voice of customer data, right? I talked about how we have all this voice of customer data, but we also know the revenue data, Right, we know uh, their revenue data, their shipping data. We also have, uh, you know, third-party data from IDC, Gartner, in terms of uh, the company uh, purchases, the employees they're hiring, and so on. So when you put all this together, right, that's when magic happens. So now we have the capability to predict, right, which customer is high risk, wow. or medium risk, or yeah, low that, risk. That's the panacea, isn't it? That's it. How right. do you prevent churn before churn takes place? Exactly. How yeah. do you arm the sales teams and yeah. basically say, hey, these customers have been buying and they're happy customers or, hey, they, dro- they dropped off. And the reason they dropped off was because they weren't, weren't ha- happy with a particular aspect of, of their journey, right? How do we go address that? So how do we arm our sales teams with that knowledge, that information, so they can be proactive uh, and take care of that customer? And there's a direct correlation if we have identified high-risk customers, we've gone back a couple of years and seen that they have not been happy with the experience, business drops off. Yep. There's a lot of chat about chat GBT and AI, and obviously, you know, there's been breakthrough technologies and innovations that have taken place in, in very recent times. Um, predictive analytics, predicting churn, all the things that we're talking about. What's your view and what the future holds for customer experience? How's Lenovo thinking about it? How are you thinking about it? Where does AI strategy fit into your overall sort of design thinking? What's your thinking around that? Yeah, I mean, today, uh, Kyle, we are using AI, um, you know, machine learning, and a lot of our tools that I just talked about. Mm. Um, and I'm really excited about ChatGPT, right? And the potential is still a little early for us, so we're exploring yep. uh, all the opportunities where we could use. But I could see how different um, divisions could potentially use this data. But at the same time, I would also say the, the, uh, the aspect of a human connection doesn't go away. That human experience is so important, right? So where, you know, there are some things that you can easily do. Hey, what's the status of my shipment? You know, and you can say, hey, you know, Kyle, your product's going to ship, you know, on such and such date. That's an easy 
want to go do. But when you have complicated billing or you have complicated questions, right, the human aspect cannot be eliminated. And chat GPT does not replace that, yeah. right? So uh, I'm excited about the potential and the opportunity. Uh, um, so uh, uh, I think it definitely has a place where I've already been using AI, ML, and number of tools. Yeah. And there's just another tool in our arsenal in terms of serving our customers. Yeah, there's no question that the program that's in place at Lenovo is, is definitely best in class. And you're kind of leading the charge and really a, a, a guidepost for other CX professionals. On that topic, what piece of advice would you have for someone that wanted to get into this industry and, and, and become a CX professional or someone who's already in the role that's looking for their next step and, and progression in their career? Any, any advice for them? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say, again, you know, the ability, it, it, it's the fundamentals, right? Being able to listen uh, to the customers and you can do listening in so many different ways, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, an example within Lenovo, what we do is we have an insights community. It's not very expensive to pull together. So if you're focused on gamers, as an example, we have a uh, you know, hundreds of gamers that our product teams can go to to listen to them. What do they value? What games are important, right? Um, you know, doing ethnographic studies, right? Following customers, right? Uh, and knowing what their pain points are. I'll give you a, a, a fantastic uh, story. Uh, we have our Legion uh, gaming uh, product line. And, uh, and that name itself or that design, that whole concept actually came from an ethnographic study. And the key insight that came out was gamers are like you and me. A lot of them are business professionals and they wanted a device that wasn't flashy or screaming LEDs. They wanted a device that when they're in business meetings gets their business done, but when they want a game, it's got all the horsepower. So if yeah. you look at our Legion design language, it's actually pretty plain, looks very business-like, okay. but underneath it's got... And, that product actually has the highest overall satisfaction ratings, right? But it's that ability to do that ethnographic study, talking to those communities, doing big data analytics, customer advisory council. So my first thing is listen. Yeah. There's so many opportunities to listen, but that itself is not enough. How do you, the speed with which you can take those insights and, and use, you know, driving action with it, getting it to the right hands. The, ultimately, the heroes are the, our sales teams, our service engineers, who are talking to the customers, the frontline people. Yep. We need to arm them and make their lives easier ultimately, right? So uh, the advice I would give is do listening, but take action ultimately. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's fascinating stuff. It's, it's, been, it's great chatting with you about this. It would not be a human experience HX Superheroes podcast if I didn't ask you about your own personal favorite customer experience. So. Could you share with us what's the best customer experience that you've ever had, and most importantly, why? Um, Kyle, you know I'm passionate about family, and yep. I love traveling. And I would say one of my ultimate experiences uh, was taking my family on a Disney cruise. It was purely magical, um, wow. right? Just the whole experience, the shows, every aspect of it, the every journey from the time you board the ship, the time you're on the ship, the, the boarding process, yeah, it was magical. So I would say that's probably been my favorite experience. And I would go again in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah. you know, so, uh, and we all loved it. We still talk about it to this day. Not surprising, another incredibly strong brand that is very focused on customer experience. So Absolutely. not surprising. And, uh, and if you had a leadership superpower, what would that be? If you had asked me this question a couple of years ago, I would have said empathy. Okay. And over the last couple of years, it's actually compassion. Explain the difference. So uh, empathy is putting yourself in the shoes of others, right? Yep. And knowing what they are. 
compassion is taking the next next step and taking action. Yeah. That must have come in handy in the last couple of years as yes. we had to navigate through the global pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and it, it is. And, and, and it's so important in your personal life, but also from a business perspective, mm-hmm. right? It's if you understand the customer pain point, what are you going to do about it? What, you know, we have to really put them, <coughs> our solutions and understand it, but compassion is taking the next action and solving their problems. Yeah. Right. So I would say that, that would be my superpower. And finally, if you could pick a different career, what would that be? Now, we've had some pretty interesting uh, answers to this. I'd love to hear what yours would be. You, you know, I mean, I've loved my career at Lenovo. Yeah. Absolutely love the company. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I love what I'm doing. But if, you, if I was forced to pick, I love traveling. Maybe a travel blog writer, yeah, um, right, uh, would be one of those. Things. I love exploring new areas, new, new countries, new cities. And uh, I would say that would be it. That's fascinating. That's great. Dilip, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been an awesome guest on our HX Superheroes podcast. As always, we really appreciate your uh, your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. And with that, I think we're going to sign off. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you for the partnership. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.